This is Melissa Klein, and I'm reading an excerpt from my book, Matchless, called Imperfect Hearts and Roses for Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day has been a loaded holiday for me since grade school and a toxic holiday since high school. In grade school, I didn't understand it. I came into class one day and saw students' names put on cards around the room with paper bags underneath them. The teacher explained that those bags were our mailboxes for Valentine's. Valentine's to tell the special people in our lives that we love them. We were taught how to make little paper hearts out of construction paper. I liked that part and worked hard at making perfect hearts. I threw out the ones that were too skinny and looked like daggers or too fat and looked like circles. As a result, I had three hearts. And I had to pick three people out of a class of 30 to give a heart to, which was hard. I wished I had more time to make more hearts. Being the new kid, I didn't know the names of most of my classmates. I kept to myself and was left alone. I had two best friends in my neighborhood, but they didn't attend the same school. I wanted to give my friends my hearts, but they weren't there. Then I noticed that some bags were full of hearts, and some were almost empty. Mine was half full, but towards the lighter end. And I realized, so this is what it's all about. It's about measuring love and how much people love me. And I wasn't loved. This was an evil precursor to my search for true love. And I learned, one, it's hard to make a perfect heart. Two, I give my most perfect heart to people who don't deserve it. Three, the people who really should have my heart are not there. Four, it's a popularity contest. Five, I don't measure up. I was shocked to see how some kids would put something in everyone's bag, regardless of whether they knew them or liked them. They knew about this day and came prepared with store-bought valentines, bought in bulk. How could you do that? Isn't that supposed to be only for people special to you? Like our teacher told us? I asked a girl who rounded the room efficiently, placing a small commercially produced valentine in each bag, and she said, I don't care. My mom makes me give something to everyone. I saw how what I was doing was kind of stingy, and how if you give more, you get more back. In middle school, I had my first crush on Andrew Pachenko. He was of Greek descent, with dark hair, carved cheekbones, and smoldering bedroom eyes. Nice butt, too. A young Greek god. All of the girls, and I mean all of the girls, had crushes on him. He was seated at the table across from me, and I spent my days gazing into his eyes. I don't know how I managed to pass any subjects that year. I pretended not to like him. I didn't want to be like all the other girls who had a crush on him. Even though I had committed the mortal sin of masturbation against the Catholic Church many times because of him. I was going to hell because of Andrew Pachenko. I fantasized about how he would declare his love for me on Valentine's Day with red roses, chocolates, and a handmade card. Because that's what a seventh grade boy does? Even though I pretended not to like him and had repeatedly stated that publicly. 
He was pulled out of school early that year because of his parents' divorce, and his mom decided to move. All of the girls cried, including me, but privately in my bedroom. Before he left, his best friend Chris approached me about liking Andrew, and maybe I would want a goodbye kiss? I was adamant in declaring my lack of interest in him. He wouldn't meet my eyes that day. I would never see him again. Years later, I figured it out. Maybe, just maybe, he liked me. But I couldn't believe it at the time. In high school, some genius came up with the idea of having a school fundraiser, flower delivery service, around Valentine's Day. For one dollar per carnation, you could send a carnation in one of these colors with these meanings. One, white for friendship. Two, pink to signify a crush. Three, red for true love. The popular girls had to carry armfuls of carnations of all colors as they went through their day awkwardly. Red was the rarest and the most coveted, usually reserved for a few long-term couples. Occasionally, a best friend would give a red carnation to a best friend of the same gender. Many of these girls had been friends since kindergarten, but it couldn't be taken wrong because nobody wanted to be seen as gay. You had to be confident in your straightness to give your girlfriend a red carnation. Ideally, you both had long-term steady boyfriends, or were sluts, but only with guys. Anything but gay. Some kids were suspected of being gay, but were deeply in the closet. What a shame they were excluded from this straight people-only holiday. Or maybe not. Valentine's Day sucks. I never had enough money to buy everyone a carnation. I would make lists of people that I wanted to give carnations. Close friends, crushes, popular kids that I admired. But that would come to $25, which represented about three months of babysitting. And I didn't have it. So I did nothing. I kept hoping to get a pink or a red carnation. I got a couple of white ones from my close friends and felt disappointed because I wanted a pink or red carnation from my crush at the moment. And even though I'd never spoken to him, I felt he should declare his true love for me. My middle school Andrew Pachenko Valentine's Day fantasy transferred onto other guys, along with the masturbation fantasies. According to the Catholic Church, I'm going to hell because of these boys. What a shit I've been about Valentine's Day. I should have been more happy and appreciative of those white carnations and less stingy. Even if I couldn't afford carnations, I could easily access construction paper and make perfect hearts. I was already a serious artist who stayed up until 1 a.m. painting my own projects. As I went through my college years and 20s, Valentine's Day became more disappointing. I had a series of three-month relationships each one I thought would be the one, only to have it fizzle out. Around Valentine's Day, I would debate about dumping the guy, but I didn't want to be alone on Valentine's Day and have the shitty dilemma of being alone on Valentine's Day or with someone who wasn't treating me well. Hmm. Sometimes I would get the elegance of a single red rose from a loser guy that I was dating. Do you know what that means? Cheap. He's cheap. Cheap 
and doesn't want to give me a full bouquet of roses, which should be accompanied by a big box of candy. As a high school teacher, I learned I was not alone in these feelings. One girl came into class and loudly announced, boys are dumb, eat carbs and sugar. I high-fived her. She figured out early that carbs and sugar will never let you down. One year, I surveyed my high school students, asking them what they thought about Valentine's Day, and two of the best quotes were, Valentine's Day, the more dysfunctional the relationship, the bigger the gifts. Everyone nodded their heads in agreement. The couple that was constantly breaking up and making up and having drama, that was the girl who got the giant teddy bear, balloons, flowers, candy, etc. This makes me think, do I need to be more of a bitch to get what I want out of life? To get the good stuff? The other quote, Valentine's Day, the day that men are set up to fail. This explains why many men don't want to do anything and feel coerced. Be romantic or else no pussy. Emotional blackmail. I've never liked red roses. Red roses from the store are all the same. They are generic. The few times I've received a red rose, it's usually because the guy fucked up. After a big fight or cheating, if I get a red rose, I'm like, ah shit, what did you do? The only roses that I received that I truly loved were from my father on my birthday in April. He had the advantage of being the director of the Morris Arboretum, which had a large rose garden he could pick from. But it was more than that. On the morning of my birthday, he would go into the garden and pick roses of all different colors, shapes, and sizes. Yellow, white, pink, orange, peachy blends that were tinged on the edges with carnelian. Tight rosebuds, tulip-shaped roses, and full-blown cabbage roses. And yes, one or two classic beauties in the bunch. He would strip the thorns off the stems with a special tool because the thorns absorb water and nutrients from the roses and hammer the ends of the stems to open them up to absorb more water and keep longer. That's love. Taking the time and effort to strip away the thorns of daily life, bringing beauty into someone's day and taking steps to make it last. They were my roses, but our whole family shared them. We all enjoyed looking at them on the dining room table. And that wasn't something special that he did just for me. He gave all of us roses on our birthdays, even my brother. He gave roses to my mom just because and not because he messed up. I often found him arranging a vase to bring to the hospital for a board member of the garden or a friend who was ill. This man worked 70 to 80 hours a week and still found time to pick and arrange rose bouquets for those he loved. Those roses didn't fit into any mold or were color-coded according to certain types of love which were more or less valued. They defied stereotyping. He gave roses to many people, but it was never generic. I want to be with somebody who wants to do romantic things. For that to happen, I need to be more romantic and show my love for other people, for all kinds of love, to treasure those white carnations rather than see them as less than, and to give roses of all colors, 
take more chances, and defy being generic. To value the paper and real hearts that are not perfect. To talk to those crushes instead of masturbating to them. To love more freely and more wisely. Thank you for listening.